2: and find purpose in staying free forever. Here are your hosts, Matt Klein and Braden Halfman.
0: Hey, it's Matt here, and before we get going today, I'd like to tell you about something that we would love your help on. So think about this. There's age verification to get alcohol, or to get cigarettes, or even to get into certain movies at movie theaters. But on porn sites, there is no age verification, and the porn industry uses this to their advantage by targeting kids in their marketing. We're pushing to get a 100,000 signatures on petitions in the USA and Canada to demand age verification on every porn site in our countries and protect our kids. It'll take up to probably two minutes out of your day, and you can do it at restoredministries.ca. Once you sign, would you be willing to share on your social media and maybe even text as many friends as possible? This would really help us build the momentum and get a lot of attention on this campaign. So again, you can do that at restoredministries.ca. Also, we're coming up to the end of the year here, and we would be so honored if you would take time to pray and consider making a year-end donation to our ministries. This podcast is 100% donor-funded, and the large majority of what Braden and I do in our respective ministries with Family Life Canada and Restored Ministries is funded by donors. So to donate, you can go to our website, purevictorypodcast.com, and a tax receipt will be mailed out to you in the new year. It would mean so much to us. Thanks for being part of our
1: tribe. Now, let's get to the episode. Hey, everyone, welcome back to the Pure Victory podcast. Braden here, Matt with me, and we have Marilyn Evans again. Thanks, Marilyn, for being here. And we're going to get going right away because I know that parents are dying to know kind of more about what you were talking about last week. And this week, we want to chat about the practical, the tangible, the things that we can do. So Marilyn, what is a step that as parents we can take? What's kind of the first line of, of action that we should we, we should start entering into?
2: Okay, I love this part of the conversation and thank you so much for having me back to do this. I'm going to say you have to start talking about pornography in the home. You've got to put that word on the table. Now, we're going to get into some of the nuts and bolts of what you can do tech wise, but first thing is start to get comfortable yourself with that word, with the word pornography. And the reason for that is that our kids are not going to talk to us about something. Okay, some kids are really awesome and they will talk to their parents about anything, but Mm -hmm. the majority are not going to feel comfortable talking to their parents about something they've never heard their parents talk to them about. So that is the first step is to get comfortable yourself saying that word out loud, and finding a way to share that information with your kids. Now, that sounds big and scary, but I just want parents to start little. That might be talking to their spouse about it. It might be talking to a friend, sister, brother, you know, someone they trust, and they feel like, hey, I feel like I have to talk to my kids about pornography. I don't know how to do this. Can we talk about it first? Like, what would you do? So that, to me, is the first step. Get the words on the table so your kids know that they can come to you.
0: Yeah, that's super important. A kid won't go back for a second conversation with their parents if the first one was super awkward. Um, I heard a story of a mom one time. It was so funny. She's standing in front of a mirror looking at herself saying, pornography, masturbation, (laughs) pornography, all these words that she's awkward with. And just getting to the point where I can say this with a straight face. I'm not going to be awkward where I say this. So I love the story. So Marilyn, we found in our ministry sometimes that mums can feel awkward talking to their sons about sex or pornography. You've got five boys. Was that your story or how did you get to the point where you were comfortable talking to them about this stuff?
2: I have five boys and I will tell you I was terrified. That's that's why I created Parents Aware. I didn't tell you this the last time we met, but my mother was a, she advocated against pornography like she volunteered 25 years of her service against pornography. I grew up with that in the home and I still didn't know how to talk to my own kids about it. It Never occurred to me that this was a parent-child issue. I was uncomfortable talking to my kids about sex. I was uncomfortable using the names of body parts. When I realized that I was, I was not, filling this need in my home, I actually went to one of my kids and I think he was in high school at the time when I said, just rate me on a scale of one to 10, like how comfortable or how good am I at talking openly about sex? And I wasn't sure I would get more than a, a a one. (laughs) He gave me a three and I thought that was generous at the time. So yeah, I was terrified. I did not know how to do it. And even when I started, and this is what I want parents to know, is that you, it doesn't matter how imperfect you are, how often you keep coming back and telling your kids, you love them so much that this conversation is worth having, no matter how imperfectly we muddle through it. And so it doesn't have to be perfect. It I have I've have written blogs and I've done podcasts on, you know, what happens when you panic the first time? What happens when you totally freaked out? What happens when you did everything wrong? It just doesn't matter. Like you only get better at it by keeping by keep showing up and doing it imperfectly.
1: Hmm. Yeah, well said, Marilyn. And leading off of that. Why, as parents, is it important that we're the voice that they first hear in this regard? And then the second question to this is, when should we start talking to our kids about this stuff?
2: So why is it important that it's, it's parents and not someone? That's else? right. Okay. That's right. Yeah. Well, because you want to create the safe environment in your home. You, you know, you're not going to have great conversations with your kids about pornography if you're not having great conversations with your kids, period. So you've got to create a foundation in your home. You've got to always work for building connections. And those connections can be through, like, I'm all about family rituals. Like, make it a priority to have family dinners together. If your work or life schedule doesn't work for family dinners, what is it that works in your family that replaces that? Is it family game night? Is it the drive To and from school, which we don't do now because it's COVID. But you know, is it, is it the family drives that you have? Is it, do you are you intentional about having a date night with your kids, lunchtime, whatever it is? You have to create those rituals. I feel like I'm getting a little off topic here. Your question was, (laughs) (laughs) why is it you? So once you 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 always want that relationship. You don't want your kids to get to a point in their life where they're like, "Uh, I can't talk to my mom or my dad. They just, they're so out of touch with reality. That's a natural part of teenage life. Like they're going to move towards their peers, but you always want that safe place at home. And they're just not going to get the information elsewhere that they need. You have to become, you have to become the expert. You have to say, I don't care that it's awkward or uncomfortable. I don't want my kids learning about porn on Google, so I've got to teach them what the harms of porn are. I don't want them to learn about sex on the playground, so I have to teach them what the reality of sex is and beyond the mechanics, what relationships are meant to look like and how we're to treat each other as human beings with kindness, respect, and and all that goes with it.
1: Hmm. And then the second part, Marilyn, because great answer uh, is when should we start having these conversations?
2: Yeah. So you, you start as early as you can. There's, I, I don't want to say you start when they're three years old and I've got a listener that's got a 12 year old and think, well, I've, I've missed the boat entirely. Like, it's never too late. I told you that I, I went to my high school kid and said, how am I doing with the talk? You know? And he gave me a three. Well, I wasn't just going to accept that. Is Now it's time to change that. If you have young children, start today. If I could do one do-over. I, I, I think I'm a pretty good parent. Like, I always thought I was a pretty good... It's, it's what I my career was for, you know, forever. I was at home, raising my kids, and doing the very best I could. But if I had one do-over... It would be talk to my kids more openly about their body, how amazing it is, use the correct names for body parts, learn what the names of body parts are that they're using on the playground, like just don't be inhibited by it. I say use, if I can, use the word penis and vagina the way you would elbow or nose, like Kids hurt themselves in different parts of their body. They need to know how to express that. And if there's any harm coming to them, they need to have the language to use that.
0: Yeah, it's funny. eh? We say eyes, we say elbow, we say nose, forehead, and then we say wee-wee for penis. (laughs) Like, why do we have a nickname for these body parts? And so automatically there's questions. It even can open the door for shame around those body parts where kids don't know that they should have shame. But all of a sudden it's like, well, why is this part different? I love that you touch on the importance of quality family time and having those times as a whole family unit. And so with that, have you found that it's effective for dads to talk to their boys, mums to talk to their girls? Or do you think it's important for kids to hear from both parents? And with that, in the case of a single parent, would you recommend them seeking out somebody of the opposite gender that they trust to talk to their children?
2: I'm glad you, I'm glad you brought that up. I have only boys in my home. And it has not stopped me from having really amazing conversations with my boys about their maturation, their development, relationship. I'm so grateful that they have a dad who comes in and can support that. And, you know, we work together on this. If you have both a mom and dad in the home, I think both moms and dads should have conversations with sons and daughters. It, I don't. I think it's good to get the, the different perspectives from each parent. If you don't have both a mom and dad, by all means, rely on a trusted friend or family member to to help. But don't think that you aren't capable of having that conversation because you're not the same sex as your child that that's not, not necessary. They need to see that you're someone that they can go to. And we all have different personalities. We're all shy about some things and we're all open about other things, but find a way, ponder about it, pray about it. The words will come to you that you need to say in the moment. One thing I did one year and I just is in Ontario, if you, few years back the sex ed curriculum was up for debate and we had it was new into the school. And I just said to my my seventh grader at the time, I said, I want to know when you're studying that in school. Just make sure I know. And make sure and he's a boy. (laughs) And make sure I see the forms that come home. Because sometimes I don't see the forms that come home. And so I took that form and I read the language on it with him of what they were to discuss in class. And it was not language that a, a seventh grader is going to understand. So we broke it down. Like, what does this mean? What does that mean? And through that, while they was receiving curriculum at school, I was able to support and give, you know, we had our own sex ed at home. Like, that's we should be having that all the time. But I made it intentional at that time because, There's no way, no matter how good or bad the curriculum is in school, it is never going to address the needs of every child in that classroom. And I've had children that have come home more confused, but afraid to ask questions. So I said, no, I'm not going to do that again. Like, this is my responsibility. I can teach my kids and I can clarify any questions they have within the context of my family values. And, and then there's no question. They're like, mm. great. Thanks, mom. Didn't matter if I was mom or dad. It was just like, thanks. That was awesome. I will just say that every time we have talked about, uh, in, a, in this light, about sex or pornography or anything to do with relationships, my kids, they light up. They're like, mm. wow, this is cool. Like, we're talking about the, the deep stuff now. Like, this is, they, my parents have enough respect to talk to me about this. That's the impression I get. We're talking about mature things now. They're trusting me with this information. So it's always Mm. been positive. Okay, back up. I have made a few mistakes along the way. In general, it has been positive.
1: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs>
2: oh, I, mean, yeah. I think it's perfect over here.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thanks for thanks for sharing that, Marilyn. So we're talking about the conversations surrounding this, and we, we touched a little bit on the proactive component, right, of addressing these things before they hear it from someone else. Now, I want to kind of shift gears a little bit, still in the conversational component, and I'm going to talk about kind of the reaction when, say, I mean, there's a difference, right? Let's say a five-year-old comes to us and say, hey, mommy, daddy, I saw some bad pictures, What's our response in that moment? Then also, what if we do if our 15-year-old, our son, says, hey, mom, I'm struggling with porn. Like, what is our response in those moments? And how do we prepare ourselves for that? How can we respond in not only the correct way, but the loving, graceful way?
2: Yeah. Uh, Or what if your 15-year-old gets caught? Right.
1: You catch your son or your daughter doing it. That's right.
2: So... The reality is, and this is coming from a mom perspective if you haven't had the conversation before, chances are you're going to lose it emotionally just a little bit. <laughs> and this is where I think dads can play such an amazing role. Yeah, there's dads that will lose their temper, but often there's dads that say, I get it. I get the curiosity. I get the fact that you've been drawn to this material. And so I'm putting a plea out there for moms to set aside the emotions and dads too, set aside your tempers and just love your kids. They need to hear a couple things from you. They need to know that they're amazing, that what they are looking at is harmful, but it's, how they're responding to it is absolutely normal. That is what their body and their brain and everything about them was designed to do because pornography has been designed to elicit these feelings in us. And so they need to know that they're not unusual. They're not a freak. They're not um, a horrible person. They need to know that everything they've done is very much in line with what others their age might have experienced. Doesn't mean it's gonna help them. So that you love them and you embrace them and you tell them that they're gonna be okay because this is normal. And then you work on it. <laughs> I didn't answer what you do to a five for a five year old, but I feel like we we covered that a bit. Totally. They could be scared, they could be nervous. You just you love them. You don't get angry. You don't want to get angry no matter what. And if you do, you apologize and you start over again.
0: Would you recommend a certain frequency of bringing this up with their kid after you've either caught them watching porn or after after they've confessed maybe every week, every month? What would you say to the frequency?
2: Yeah, you're going to know that from the experience that you're having with them. You're going to bring it up more often than they want to bring it up. I've I've struggled with that myself the idea of okay how much do we dwell on this how much do we bring it up if your child is struggling with pornography it is going to be a long a long journey it is most likely going to be a long road to recovery we tend to want to fix the problem right away but it's better for your child first of all If your child is young, they might not be mature enough to put really the understanding that it's their fight and they have to overcome this. So we we do have to bring it up frequently in loving ways. Now, I did have an experience where I was bringing up the issue in a way that I thought was helpful for my child. And then one day I said, I need to tell him what he's doing well instead of focusing on the things that he struggled with. And he just broke down in tears. And he said, Mom, I just didn't think I was doing anything right. And so that's a great question you asked me. How often do we talk to our kids? What kind of frequency? What do we say? Do we give them a little bit of tough love, and do we, or do we, are we just being soft? I don't have a perfect answer for that, but you have to keep coming back to your child. You have to be very mindful of how they're feeling, and you can be firm with them because the porn is going to want to take over. Through that firmness, you have to love, love, love them, and they have to know that that is there above everything else. Because it's about building, you've probably talked about this, overcoming pornography, overcoming any addiction is about building connections in your life. And so your focus is going to be on building that connection with your child as much as it is about helping your child let go of something that's harmful to them.
0: That's a very cool story of speaking life to your kid about what they're doing well. I love that. And I I think that speaks to the importance of Every parent having a relationship with the Lord in this situation is saying, God, what do you want me to do here? Like, what do you want me to say? How often do you want me to bring this up? i'm a, I'm a firm believer that God sees opportunity in every difficulty, and this I mean this isn't an easy thing, so this is a prime opportunity for parents to see him move, and hopefully even the kids could see his role in these conversations as well so it's not a problem that you don't have a perfect answer. I mean, I don't think there really is a perfect answer for this, but we've just got to be spirit led still Marilyn to throw out that recommendation to speak to what they're doing well, I think is so powerful
1: and Marilyn. I love what you said about creating this environment, but there's another thing as parents kind of, we need to be aware of and that's what can we do to provide some protection? Cause I mean, as kids, they can't really protect themselves, right? They may not know how to do that. They may not know how to turn away or to not go on those sites or whatever. So what are some things that we can do to provide that protection?
2: Sometimes I hear parents ask the question, what can I put on my kid's device so I can track what they're doing or on my kid's cell phone. And I think, okay, okay if they have a cell phone, that means we're already years ahead of when we should have been starting the filtering process. So if you're have, if you listening and you have young kids, this is when you want to put the strongest filters on their devices. Parents sometimes think, well, my kids aren't curious about sex, so porn or the dangers of the internet aren't going to be harmful to them until that They reach middle school and they start to get, you know, that curiosity peaks. But the truth is that we need to be more vigilant about protecting our younger children and telling them why that is. Because once they get to be 9, 10, 11 years old, they get really savvy on that tech. And whatever filters you have in place there's a workaround for it. And if they're, if they're motivated to find pornographic content, they will be able to find it. So what I want parents to do is to, I'm going to just pull up something here, is to think of three levels of protection in your home. And the first thing that you want to do is figure out what your router is on as it comes into the home. And we have, you know, I ally with Chris McKenna of Protect Young Eyes, because he's really the tech expert in this area. But he recommends either using a circle, if you have young children, or if you have a range, age range of children, the Griffin router, and that's G-R-Y-F-O-N. So something I didn't know for the longest time is that you can actually filter the content on the internet, before it even comes into your home, and that's what a router can do. And there are other options, so I've just mentioned, but uh, the parents, will, you'll have to do your own homework, but you want to filter the Wi-Fi as it comes into your home, and you can ask it to block adult websites. Now, that's only going to filter the internet in your home, so you can also Use device, the, the baked in device, um, sorry, parental controls into each of your devices. So if you have your kids on an iPad or a Kindle or a Nintendo Switch or a PlayStation 2, 3, 4, 5. <laughs> <laughs> that is hilarious. That was our first big uh, video game console. We're way past that. <laughs> <laughs> you can uh, activate those parental controls. And then you can also have a third level, and that is to have you know a, something that is on the device to to filter the Wi-Fi as you as you go outside your home. Those are really important things to do. In conjunction with conversations that you're having. I, I never want parents to think that they have to do this. Because they don't trust their kids, like we're a team from the beginning. As soon as you start having these conversations, you're building your team together. You and your kids are, you know, working together. To, and the, the enemy is porn. The tech isn't the enemy, and you're not the enemy of tech. If you create that dynamic, kids are just going to sneak around. So we have what's called a quick guide to safer screen habits, and it it goes through the how to have these um, how to build your team and how to work to build transparency around filters, because uh, really, what we want is to enable our kids empower them to use technology safely. And so the filters are there to help them do that, not to prevent them from coming across bad content as much.
0: So how do we use all these tools for routers and parental controls, which are all awesome, but how do we use them effectively as the kids grow older and even get to the point where they're leaving home and they're not under our roof anymore?
2: Yeah, well, and that's that's really important because eventually our kids do leave home. They, you know, they're, they're pretty young when many of them go off to college and university. And that can be pretty traumatizing if you've lived in a very sheltered environment and then to go off on your own or then to still be trying to monitor their devices when they're adults. And at some point we have to turn the reins over to them. And so what we'd like to talk about, and it's, we go over this in the the guide to safer screen habits is really getting your kids to think about the priorities in their life. And as kids get older, this becomes more important to them. So what are the things that they really want to spend time on? And we like to have, like at our, one of our family nights, we might, we might pull out a, a whiteboard or a chalkboard or a big piece of paper and, and throw these, like have a brainstorming session, throw these ideas down. And so what you're doing is trying to get the kids or your teens at this point to really think about how they want to use technology. And how much time they want to spend on screens. They might love video games, but do you want them playing video games all day, every day? Is that the only thing that occupies their time? Do they have other interests? How do we prioritize that? And we, when we talk about it that way, it's not as much about controlling their behavior with filters. In fact, I often, I was, as I was preparing for this, I, the scene from Jurassic Park came to mind now. It's when Ian Malcolm, you know, is talking to John, who's created this world of dinosaurs. And he's like, oh, how do you control the dinosaurs? And and he, he learns that they're, they only have female dinosaurs on the island. And he says, John, that type of control you're attempting, it's it's not possible. And I did a really terrible impression there. But <laughs> the, the point is, we have to build an environment in our homes that that is supporting our kids, not as much controlling what they're doing, and teaching them how to make smart decisions on their own. We can't prevent pornography from entering their lives unless they have a vested interest in it themselves and they can't have a vested interest in it themselves if they've never been talked to about it they need to know the dangers
1: Marilyn so much you've covered and we're so appreciative of this topic and what you've brought in regards to your wisdom and expertise so thank you so much for sharing this And for those of you that want to know more, parentsaware.info, we highly encourage you to go check that out. We will have the link in the show notes as well as our podcast, Media Savvy Moms. Please plug into that. Um, You're going to get so much value out of that and it's going to help you. So we would encourage you to plug into those things. But aside from that, Marilyn, thank you for being with us.
2: It's been an absolute pleasure. I I just love talking to both of you today. Thank you so much.
1: Thanks, Marilyn. And we'll wrap up. Next week, we have another great podcast. But aside from that, we'll see you guys next week.
2: Thanks for listening. If you would like to hear more, please visit purevictorypodcast.com to subscribe. This podcast was made possible by the generous donations of our subscribers. If you would like to help support the cause financially, once again, please visit purevictorypodcast.com.